This is Scott, host of the Unprocessed Knowledge Podcast and Black author. You could get all three of my books. My first book, Systematic Racism and Capitalism, Alliance of Oppression. My second book, Hypocrisy in America, The Veil of White Supremacy. And my third book, my first novel, Exodus 2035, all available on Amazon.com and Amazon Kindle. If you don't have a Kindle, you can download the Kindle app to your smartphone or tablet, and you can access those products. Thanks for listening. Hey, welcome to the Unprocessed Knowledge Podcast. We are back. We are back again. Got inspired from the latest verses. <laughs> you will not get a full breakdown here, but let's just say that latest verses, uh, Young Jeezy versus Gucci Mane. I found it very entertaining. We are here. We are back. I hope everybody had a productive and constructive week. You are listening to the Unprocessed Knowledge Podcast. I am your host, Scott. Everybody should be following me on Instagram at unprocessed underscore knowledge. I hope everybody had a very safe and very good holiday. Thanksgiving has come and gone. And I hope everybody had a chance to sit down with family, friends, loved ones, and just spend some quality time with each other, enjoy the day, especially, uh, you know, during, 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 during the pandemic, we may not be able to see as uh, our loved ones as often as we would like, but I just want everybody to keep in mind, you don't always have to wait to the last Thursday in November to go sit down with people you care about and eat dinner and talk and fellowship and just have a good time. You know, it's, it's important that, you know, we we make time for the people in our lives that mean a lot to us. And that doesn't always have to be family. All right. Those could be close friends. Those can be you know relationships that we've built over the years. There are quite a few people out here who hold people in high regard in their lives that they're not related to. You know, you can call someone a loved one that you don't have any type of relation to. So, you know, I just want everybody to uh, keep that in mind. And, and I get it. People have lives. People have families. People have other things that they got going on. Sometimes distance can be an issue, right? Maybe you're on the East Coast and your family is on the West Coast or vice versa. And, I, you know, I, I get it. I understand completely. But, hey, you know, we got to make time to to appreciate each other. We got to make time to be around one another to, you know, to, you know, lay hands on folks. Not not, not in a bad way, in a good way. Reach out, and, you know, touch somebody, you know, give your mama a hug, give your sister a hug, your brother, your dad, you know, your kids. And, you know, let them know that you care about them. Let them know that you love them. So now that Thanksgiving is over. We are into the holiday buying season. It is definitely in full swing. 
got about what three four weeks till christmas so you know the black friday deals the, the cyber monday deals will be rolling in pretty soon uh small businesses have been hurting over the past year guys because of the small pan- yeah, small <laughs> because of this pandemic small businesses have been hurting they need your help if you planned on buying anything for the holidays give small businesses a shot give them a chance find out you know what they got in there you, you might be able to find a hidden gem at a good price and you can support a family directly especially especially if you can find a black owned business right black businesses matter too if you got some black owned businesses in your area or you can even find them online like i said just give them a shot see what they got give them a shot give them a chance give them an opportunity you know um black black businesses they need support they need support and they need financial support they need those dollars so we done spent the last what six seven months talking about how Black Lives Matter and it was the summer social justice, people hitting the streets and protesting and talking about they want equality. Now, you know, you want Trump out of there and, you know, we we want better and we want social justice. Now it's time to show and prove. All right. Don't necessarily you don't necessarily have to run to Target and Best Buy into the mall with, with that money. Check out your local small business. Take check out your black owned businesses. Give them some of those dollars. You know, let's let's put the money back in our community. Right. These are our neighbors. Right. These are the people who live in the same community that we live. These are the people who feed their families based off the income that they generate from their business. So let's check them out. Let's give them a shot. And uh, let's support these businesses, guys. Very, very, very important that we do that. And. If you want to support a a black author, yours truly, you can find all of my work on Amazon.com. My first novel, Exodus 2035, is available on Amazon.com. My second book, I'm going backwards, Hypocrisy in America, The Veil of White Supremacy, is also available on Amazon.com. And my first book, Systematic Capitalism and Racism. Alliance of Oppression is also available on Amazon.com. Hey guys, before you know what? I've never talked about this particular issue on the show before. Before we get into the the news clips for the week. I have been having trouble advertising my show on Instagram. And it, it happens to me every year basically around election time, maybe like a month before the election. And, you know, since the current president is kind of dragging things on <laughs> with the election right now, it's, it's kind of still ongoing on Instagram. They'll pretty much you know, let you post whatever you want. But for the show on the show's Instagram, you know, I when I post the flyer for the show on Instagram, I always do an advertisement for it. They won't allow me to advertise my flyers for the shows. They always get denied. And the reason they get denied is because they say that I violate their advertising policy when it comes to political motivated advertisements. Now, mind you, when I post a flyer for the show, like you, you don't know what I am. 
you don't know if I'm Republican, Democrat, independent, other. Like I, I just post a flyer and I try to advertise it. Try to advertise it. Um, most recently, I just posted a picture. I did a show called Results, and I just posted a picture of the the red uh, the map of the United States and uh, the red states and, and the blue states filled in as according to every uh, major media outlet, um, the Associated Press. You know, this is this is what has is being called as the election results. So I posted that and I tried to advertisement. And of course, it you know, it got denied. And they said, well, you know, this is um, politically motivated. And I'm, you know, I, I appealed it and I said, well, what's the political motivation? I'm, I'm just posting a picture of what the results were like by this. You don't know if I'm a Republican. You don't know if I'm a Democrat. You don't know if I'm an independent. You don't know what I am. You know, I'm not leaning one way or the other. And the response I got is basically, you know, uh, Instagram, which is ran by Facebook. They have very strict policies when it comes to political advertisements and advertisements that deal around um, social issues and particularly race. Now, mind you, I do a social political podcast, right? <laughs> My show is about social issues, which very often bleeds over into political issues. Now, I've been critical of, you know, both political parties. I always have a problem around election season. Normally, you know, when, when it's not at the year of a presidential election, it's, it's a, a lot better as far as me advertising. Um, I really don't have a problem. But every time it's an election season, you know, they they accuse me of pushing some type of political ideology to the people. Now, keep in mind, I am not a celebrity. I do not have a celebrity's platform. I do not have hundreds of thousands or millions of followers. You know, I do have a great podcast, but I don't have the type of platform that a celebrity would have with their podcast. So it's, it's not like I have hundreds of thousands or millions of people following my platform on, on social media. And it's something that has to be very closely monitored. So, you know, that's <laughs> so, you know, I, I've been getting a hard time for years. Um when it comes to advertising the show during an election season, I also get a hard time with my with my books. Um, back when Obama was president, actually, and Trump was running. Okay, Trump was running for president the first. So this was four years ago. Trump was running for president, and I would go to advertise my work on Amazon through Amazon. All right, my work is available on Amazon.com. I own my work, though. I own all my intellectual property. I own it. It's mine. It's registered um, with the U.S. Patent Office. I registered my work. I have I have uh, I have the receipts. I have all the letters from the United States government where my work is registered. My intellectual property is registered. It's mine. I own it. I just use Amazon as my distribution because for me, that's just a whole lot easier. Right. If somebody wants my product, they can go on Amazon and get it. Amazon will send it straight to your door, just like you buy anything else from Amazon. Right. If you buy PS5 from Amazon, they'll send it to you. And the one thing I really like about Amazon is if someone purchases my work, if they don't like it, you can send it back. Amazon has a very liberal return policy. If you if you get it, you don't like it, send it back. Amazon, they'll give you money back. Right. That way it, it takes me out of it. OK. I'm not, you know, uh, in my living room or, or in my basement filling orders. I'm not running back and forth to the post office, mailing people their stuff, making sure they get it. You know, 
order it through Amazon. You'll get it in a couple of days. Um, if you got Prime, maybe even sooner. And if you don't like it, you can send it right back, get your money back. So it takes me out of it. It's on Amazon. If you like it, you can get it there. But the thing is, during the election, every time that there's an election season, as it gets closer to the election, Amazon will not let me advertise my product. I have a book called Hypocrisy in America, The Veil of White Supremacy, which I wrote while President Obama was in office. Right. This this came out before Trump, the era of Trump, should I say. <laughs> this came out back then. But like my advertisements get denied. You know, they say this is, you know, I've been told that, you know, it's inflammatory language. Again, I've been told I'm pushing a political ideology. And I, my response has always been, well, what political ideology am I pushing? <laughs> how, how, how is this language inflammatory? You know, either white supremacy exists or it doesn't. Whether or not you believe it does or it, or it doesn't. There is an old saying that says you can't judge a book by its cover. So point to me within the material, where am I being inflammatory and where am I pushing the ideology? Because I'm not. But, hey, you know, they've been giving me a hard time for years. I, I expect it. It is what it is. I just move on and I just do what I do. Um, I take it as I must be saying something right. Because if, if, if Instagram can <laughs> scrutinize the post, must be posting or putting a message that they might not want to get out there, right? If Amazon could be worried about what I put in my product, if they're worried about what I'm saying, must be saying something right. So, hey, the information is out there. I'd like to thank everybody that's been riding with me from the beginning for their support. And enough about me, guys. Let's get in to the show. Comedian extraordinaire Dave Chappelle recently came out and said, hey, he wants you to boycott him. He does not want any of his fans to watch the Chappelle show that was recently released on Netflix or HBO Max because he said, you know, they're not paying me, you know, based on the contract that I signed with CBS Viacom back when I did the Chappelle show. Um there's language in there that says that they don't have to pay me and they're streaming my work and they're making millions of dollars off my television show. And I'm not seeing it done. So he's asking his fans to not stream the Chappelle show on Netflix or HBO Max. I do not know about HBO Max, but I know Netflix has agreed to remove the show based on uh, Dave Chappelle's grievance. And good for him. You know, he, he put it out there. A lot of people in the entertainment industry would not have the courage to publicly um, air their grievance against a major media outlet, but Dave Chappelle did it. And trust me, I'm sure there are a lot of celebrities that signed the same type of contract Dave Chappelle did who aren't saying anything and they know they're not getting paid for their work. But, you know, hats off to DC's own Dave Chappelle. Very, very funny brother. I hope he's able to work things out with us, CBS Viacom, and uh, you know, hope he gets his money. Because according to what he said, you know, they've been streaming the Chappelle show for years and making tens of millions of dollars off the show for years. And he's never seen, seen a dime of that money. So I, I just I found that shocking. I didn't know that. I always assumed that, you know, he was getting a cut. But apparently that has not been the case. 
And also checking in with one of my new favorite things called Donald Trump's Twitter. He just now tweeted and I quote coming from the Twitter of Donald J. Trump. I won Pennsylvania by a lot, perhaps more than anyone will ever know. The Pennsylvania votes were rigged. All other swing states also. The world is watching. Exclamation point. All right. That's Donald J. Trump refusing to concede anything to President-elect Joe Biden. And still on this day after Thanksgiving, um, <laughs> professing that he won the election. Right. But they want to give me a hard time on social media saying I'm pushing political propaganda. Um, Let's move on. Recently, CNN did an interview with a former member of the Proud Boys, and he said this. They're afraid to say what's on their mind for fear of getting into a fight. But if they have that guy or that group behind them, they're more bold in saying what they think because they think someone has their back. The Proud Boys are the vehicle that attracts those people and accepts them in. Russell Schultz spent about a year and a half as a Proud Boy near Portland. He didn't hold a title, but he was at a lot of political protests and had a big presence online. He says he quit, but the Proud Boys say he was kicked out in May 2019. Russell's a witness to what it's like inside the far-right group and why some men would want to join it. It's too much like a, a nationwide criminal gang is where they're heading towards. They ain't any part of that. This is for uh, Proud Boys and only Proud Boys. We need more political activists on the right side. More, not less. Russell grew up around Portland. He's Jewish and told us he voted for Obama twice before voting for Trump twice. Donald Trump is bullheaded. And he's determined and, and he takes a lot of criticism, but he keeps fighting on. I like his political policies. I got involved in doing the activism stuff because of uh, Trump supporters getting attacked. And... I wanted to stand up to that and say, that's not what we do in America. But you weren't just a Trump supporter. Like you got involved with the Proud Boys. How did that happen? We were holding a free speech rally in Portland, and all of a sudden, the fights are breaking out all over the place. And here come marching across a the field, these guys in black and yellow striped polos. And to me, it just looked like something from a Braveheart movie or something. It was kind of cool. And then they asked me to join, and I thought about it for a minute. And I was like, yeah, okay, it'll be fun. I'll wear a goofy little shirt and look like we're a bowling team. The Proud Boys were founded in 2016 and are known more for street fights than for their vague ideology. They celebrated when President Trump mentioned them in a presidential debate. Proud Boys, stand back and stand by, but I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left. Do you think the Proud Boys felt encouraged by President Trump, like that he had their back? Um, yeah. Yeah, because everybody wants to feel special. Unlike many far-right groups that emerged around the same time, the Proud Boys don't say they're trying to defend the white race. They say they're defending Western civilization, and that if you think that's code for white people, you're the racist. I don't perceive them as racists. There might be some that might be misogynists, but most of that would be their defense uh, of rejection. But a lot of it, I just, I see people showing up because they want to have drinking partners. They want to join a gang so so they can go fight Antifa and hurt people that they don't like and feel justified in doing it. Chairman Enrique Tarrio told CNN, currently there is no criminal activity happening in the Proud Boys. Russell left the group, but he hasn't left the mindset. 
His antipathy towards Antifa still motivates his actions, and he still shows up at some rallies. And while he criticizes the Proud Boys, he defends most of what he did while with the group, including violent threats, as either a joke or justified. I'm going to shoot you in your head or your chest. Antifa posts information about far-right activists online. They say to raise the social cost of being a fascist. In 2018, Rose City Antifa posted Russell's address in Workplace and reposted his videos where he talked about violence. At the last rally, I nearly ran you over with a car, and I don't feel bad about it one bit. You're lucky I didn't kill you. Rose City Antifa posted this. Oh, i never seen that one. See? I'm glad they posted that one. You are not going to survive. I will survive and take my chances in court. Okay, they do seem like violent threats, Russell. They are violent <laughs> threats, and it's for a good reason, too. What would happen? What's we were, the we were, we were going to have a religious march, a pro-Jesus march, is around Christmas time. Yeah. And Antifa was saying they were going to come over and start throwing uh, urine and feces on us. And so that was my way of saying, okay, if you do that, that's a threat. I don't know if there's AIDS tainted. And I, I made the threat so they wouldn't come over. They didn't come over. Rose City Antifa told CNN they did not threaten to throw poop at the Jesus March and do not know how to lace poop with HIV. All right. Well, that was CNN's interview with Russell Schultz, former member of the Proud Boys. Look, Russell Schultz, he's he's telling a lot of untruths there. First of all, <laughs> no one is what? No, nobody's beating up Trump's Trump supporters just because they're Trump supporters. That's not happening. That's a lie. No one's running down on them, you know, whooping they behinds, saying, get out of here. <laughs> That's not happening. All right. Number two. No one is threatening to throw urine and feces because you're out there um, at a at a Jesus march. I never heard of a Jesus march before. But if you're out there marching for Jesus, no, no one's threatening to throw urine and feces on you, dude. And no one's threatened to, th- to throw AIDS lace feces on you. <laughs> okay. That's that's a lie. All right. They use these lies to justify their aggressive threats and bullying tactics. Right. This dude, they play video clips. Those video clips they were playing of him of were of him threatening to shoot people in the chest, threatening to run people over with a car and kill them. Those were of him. Those were of Russell Schultz when he was with the Proud Boys, right? The Proud Boys, they go online with and they make threats and they threaten to shoot people. They threaten to kill people. And then when people call them on it, they say, oh, well, the only reason I was saying that is because somebody said it was going to do something to me. That's a lie. Prove somebody said it was going to do something to you. They can't they can't prove it because no one's threatening them. No one's bothering them. We talked about the Proud Boys and Antifa on a previous show. Antifa is code word for nigga lover, right? Antifa is code word for any liberal white person that walks around that don't like Donald Trump, who is not conservative, so-called, who, you know, if you live, especially if you live in the Pacific Northwest and you go to the black, you're a white person and you go to a Black Lives Matter rally and you got a I can't breathe shirt on and, you know, you walk around with a, with a sign that says what happened to George Floyd. That was wrong. You're Antifa. Right. That's what they're talking about. The liberal white people, the white people that they can't stand because they feel like if you're white, you should feel like they feel you should hate the niggers. All right. The Proud Boys say they're defending Western civilization. That's another code word for whiteness. Right? It is a white 
supremacist white extremist group they are the violent ones they are the bullies right we last week we did the show or on the show that i did last week follow the leader i briefly recapped how the million MAGA march was here in dc a few weeks ago and how they jumped and attacked a black woman knocked her unconscious right there were not look i live in washington dc where it is full of liberal white people and so-called minorities people in the washington dc area they voted for joe biden 93 percent right and the white house is here trump is here he right down the street from where i'm talking right now when the million maga march popped off it wasn't millions of folks didn't show up to to beat them up and chase them out of town that didn't happen right violence got excited violence happened because they started the violence they started it they incited it they welcomed it they wanted it right remember back to when president trump's rallies when he was saying get him out of here in the old days we would have you know beat him up and tossed him out they're exciting the violence they're that's what they're doing so let's not fall for the bait and switch and yes russell schultz is a former member of the proud boys he says he left they say they kicked him out who knows what is true but i do know that he was telling a lot of lies in that interview you know guys something actually caught me by surprise last week i was actually watching a youtube video of the anniversary of one of the local churches here in the dc metropolitan area the alpha street baptist church and when they were going over the history of the church this happened people think about the civil rights era and all that but the civil rights struggles here in america have been going on forever and so uh when uh, everybody knows about the nat turner rebellion when he killed all these white people down in southampton county well anyway that terrorized white america and what all the whites were afraid of is that their blacks was going to kill them. And so here in the city of Alexandria, the, people, the white people were very scared. And so what they wanted to do was get their blacks to sign a petition uh, indicating that I won't kill you. Okay. And where did that happen? It happened here in Alpha Street. Right after the Nat Turner Rebellion down in Southern Virginia, well, Nat Turner justifiably fought back against his slave masters in the appropriate manner white people all over the country were afraid that enslaved black people would rise up and fight back here's something that i did not know (laughs) i did not know that in alexandria virginia which is a suburb of washington dc the white people made all their all their negros come together and sign a petition saying they would not enact any type of rebellion or violence against other white folks they made them sign an agreement sign a contract (laughs) saying you won't get violent you you won't kill us right i never knew that happened and that really brings me into what i wanted to briefly cover today i really wanted to cover today the fear of backlash america has done people of color indigenous people black people They have done us wrong for hundreds of years. They have oppressed. They have violated. They have robbed. They have murdered. They have raped. They have beaten. They have stolen from us 
for hundreds of years. That's what this country was built off of. The oppression that white America has afflicted toward the others. All right. There has always been a, f- a particular fear that one day black people in America in particular would wake up, rise up, and we would all go Nat Turner. The fear is that every Negro got a Nat Turner inside of them. And one day the switch is going to come on. And all that pent up anger, all that frustration is going to be taken out on white folks and we will not survive. That's what the fear is. That's what the fear has always been. Right? That's where the oppression comes from. A lot of the over policing, the police brutality, a lot of the racist laws, a lot of the oppression from the government. The reason behind it is we got to keep these Negroes in check. We got to keep these Negroes in their place. I'm not talking about a thousand years ago. I'm not talking about 500 years ago. I'm not talking about in the 1960s. I'm talking about right now, today in 2020. Remember, Donald Trump, he called himself the law and order president. He said he's going to get the inner. He'll he'll keep the inner cities in check. He'll he'll bring law and order to the inner cities, meaning I'm going to keep these Negroes under control. I'm going to do it with the police department. There all there has always been a fear that. One day, black people would would flip this switch and go Nat Turner and just kill a bunch of white feet folks to try to get our revenge because we're so angry at what has been done to us as a people. That's the fear. Definitely. White America. I know you're listening and I have a ton of white listeners. OK, they DM me. They email me. I hear from them. I know you're out there. That is not the goal. All right. Here's what black people want. And I don't pretend to be the spokesperson of a race. I am not. But here's what we really want. A system of equal and fair justice. No matter what we are, no matter who we are, no matter where we are. And the kicker is we actually want it for everybody. Right. We don't want it just for us. We want to be treated equally across the board. We want to be treated fairly like everybody is treated fairly. And I'll take it even a step further. We are owed. Not only are we owed equal and fair treatment, we are owed. All right. America owes black people a debt that they have never paid. We are owed reparations for what we've been through. We've owed, we are owed for building the wealth of this country and never being compensated for it. We are owed for what, we, for what our parents and grandparents had to endure during Jim Crow. We are owed for what we have to endure now, today. All right. Philando Castillo. George Floyd. Eric Gardner. This didn't happen 50, 60, 70 years ago. This didn't happen back in slavery. This is happening right now, today. All right. Ahmaud Arbery. We are old. It's not a handout. It's not, you know, us, us begging for something to, that, that we don't deserve. Black people are old. A old bill by America. Right. Laws were passed. Laws were enforced that oppressed people based on race. Black people in particular. The United States government legislated, passed and up, upheld upheld those laws 
for hundreds of years. Now the government has to make black people as a nation whole. How do you do that? Financial compensation. All right. So cut us our reparations. Right. Treat us pass laws to treat us equally and fairly on a systematic level. Then we can begin to heal. Then we begin to have the conversation on how we move forward. But until the debt is paid. You owe us. And you're going to have to pay us what you owe. I'm not going to hold y'all too long. Hey, I want everybody to check out my gang. Check out Separate the Two podcasts, the Three Stars, Two Bars podcast, a Taste to Consider podcast. It's also a brand new podcast out, a great show. I'm a fan. It's called When the Bill Comes Due. You can follow them on Instagram, When the Bill Comes Due, all one word. Everybody check that out. Uh, I'm, mm, I don't know what I'm gonna name this show, guys. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm being accused of pushing racial and political propaganda, so I gotta be careful. Of, I gotta be a little bit more crafty on what I named this show so I can promote it. So, um, this show will be out soon. Um, I have to figure out what I'm gonna name it. Um, I'll probably think of a think of a name when I'm doing editing and playback. Talk to you guys next time. I'm sorry. Your time has come, 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 God is present today. They need to be afraid. You need to be afraid today because the God of justice is present now. That's why he said, vengeance is mine. The battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. And God has come. The battle is on. And the plagues are coming down. And no, I'm not afraid. But you need to be. And especially when you see what's coming up. Because as a man soweth, the same shall he also reap. And when you have done the evil that you've done to us and done it to others, did you never think that there would come a day you would have to pay for all that crap that you have done thomas jefferson said it right brother he said i tremble for my country when i reflect that god is just and that his justice cannot sleep forever